0: Hey there, everyone. It's Wednesday, which means it's another episode of Life After Tech Bootcamp. And I'd like to start this episode with a story. When I was researching career paths to defect from the fashion industry, I felt like I needed an MBA. It felt like it was a do-over stamp and I needed it from a well-known institution because I felt like I had to prove something to the world. I didn't really feel like I had a lot to offer as someone who coming from the fashion industry. And I happened to share this with my friend's dad who worked in education, and he gave me some great foundational advice when picking a program. He said that regardless of what school you go to or what you study, that program needs to work for you. It's not just about the degree or the name of the school. It's about using education as a tool not a ticket to get the career you want. And, you know, it's, he is right. Even Harvard University can't guarantee you a job. I would think that Harvard works very hard to find its students employment and opportunities, but truly there's no 100% guarantee someone will hire you just because you have Harvard on your resume. And I think that's what's so special about a boot camp or, any accelerated course is that it's just a condensed program that teaches you exactly what you need to know about a subject. It takes much less time to complete than a master's degree and it's way less expensive. So to me, it's like a really specific tool, like a tool in your kitchen that only does a few things, but it's used all the time. And today I feel like our guest used her education at Springboard in a really unique and specific way to get to where she is now. So I'm very excited to introduce you to Anna. Anna did a Springboard data science bootcamp in 2020, shortly after starting her new job at Amazon. Currently, Anna works as a senior product manager and a pricing systems team at Amazon with a focus on machine learning, data science, and data analytics. Prior to this, Anna had over 10 years of experience in finance, sales, and supply chain analytics for consumer packaged goods and retail companies in three different countries. Hi, Anna. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, Alicia.
0: How are you? So good here. It is currently raining, so it's a perfect time to be recording a podcast, not going outside anytime soon.
1: Awesome. Same here.
0: Well, I would love to just get started. So, you know, you aren't in, you know, I hate calling people like the typical boot camper. Like there is no typical person, but it is interesting how you had your job, but you started Springboard just to kind of fill in some gaps to get to where you are. So would you be able to share what you were doing before you joined Springboard? Um, yeah, so I was primarily um, working in consumer packaged goods
1: and retail companies, and um, at the time when I decided to, uh, you know, upgrade my data science skills uh, with Springboard, I was wor- working for Blue Bottle Coffee in Bay Area, and uh, I realized that I I wanted to, you know, uh, basically learn more on the data science and my uh, Previous experience of looking for a job in Bay Area also led me to the conclusion that I want to upgrade my technical skills. Um, And so the way how it went is um, I actually got a job at Amazon before I started Springboard. Uh, So I signed up in the summer and then the cohort was starting in January uh, of 2020. And uh, that's uh, coincided with when I started my first job in Amazon.
0: That's interesting. So what was your goal within getting this new job and getting into this boot camp? Obviously you transitioned within Amazon, but was that the original goal or did you have something else in mind and then things worked out differently? Well,
1: um, I think just looking at my, you know, background, uh, I, I have, uh, Bachelors of Economics and an MBA. Um, And um, I was always very analytical and I I like to leverage technology to simplify things. Uh, And I knew that even if I uh, already got, you know, a job at Amazon, I still want to upskill and uh, just learn more about data science and uh, practice writing code myself, uh, you know, uh, and have like a holistic view of data science. And uh, actually, I think that decision was driven by multiple factors. So, you know, it uh, like the idea to join a bootcamp wasn't just to get a job in tech, uh, which I kind of did before <laughs> I started the bootcamp, uh, but also just to have this like uh, condensed program that could teach me the basics of data science. Um, and I think at the time I was considering of you know going for a second master's in data science, and um, that would open some doors with uh career opportunities but then i already have one master's so that seemed like you know too much at the time and um i liked the flexibility of uh being remote um uh, like in the remote uh study setting uh who would have known that we all will be remote by 2020. <laughs> <2020? laughs> um uh, yeah so that's how i uh decided to you know do the springboard bootcamp, data science track
0: that's fantastic. Yeah, I can't even imagine like completing one master's, which an MBA sounds like a lot of fun from my research of that program. But to do it all again, yes. But you were balancing Springboard with a full-time job. And while you're working remote, that had to have been a lot. Like how were you able to manage both?
1: I think I'm just good at multitasking just thinking back of that time, I started the job in January at Amazon in supply chain. Um, by March, we all shut down. I actually um, managed to fly to New York in uh, mid-February, and, um, you know, that was when we already had patient zero in Seattle, um, and um, there was COVID in the U- U.S., uh, and, you know, some people were more aware, and like, cleaning their seats on the plane, and, like, um I didn't... Perceived as such a big deal until beginning of March when they shut down the offices and everybody uh, went into the COVID mode and like for supply chain at Amazon it also meant very busy times uh, and uh, I think I was just energized you know like uh, by the mission of the company and um, I, I was energized to contribute and to learn more and um, you know with my updated skills so I think that was just driving me and. And also just to be fair, like, you know, we were all stuck at home, like for that spring of 2020. So I think that was the best use of my time.
0: Certainly. Yeah. And thinking back, like I did my boot camp during COVID. I did not have a job at the time, but there wasn't much to do, except I feel like everyone was like baking bread, watching Netflix, which are great activities. But why not learn something new? So and knowing that you're good at multitasking, I I see nothing wrong with all of that. So tell me a little bit like you're in the course and clearly your career goals are a little bit more specified. Um, what really helped you the most in the course to that you're using today?
1: Yeah, I think what I learned throughout the course is, uh, just ability to ask the right questions and like ask good questions. And, um, knowing that there is no, you know, bad question or wrong question to ask. Uh, It's more about how you actually like phrase the question to get you to what you actually want to learn. Um, because like, um, you know, like sometimes in the course, like when I had a problem with my code or I I had trouble pre-cleaning the data before it goes into the science model, um, you know, like, uh, I, I, I struggled with formulating this exactly because like you could not just say, oh, I don't know. Like, because of course, like it's expected that like you don't know much about data science, but uh, for the person who will be helping you to answer the question, they need a little bit more details and just saying that I don't know, um, you know, so they could be um, able to help. And sometimes even just like, you know, summarizing what you understood uh, helps to just clarify, um, and yeah, so and it. I think it helped me like in my course as, as well as at work.
0: Certainly, and it's kind of interesting how you might have been able to apply some of the learnings a little bit to what you're doing now. Um, would you be able to share? Did you do anything additional outside of the course for your learning?
1: Um, I think I'm continuous learner in general, but um, when I just started my. Uh, adventure with Amazon, I did the Springboard Bootcamp. And um, at the time, I was also working on anomaly detection machine learning model at work. So uh, understanding how uh, data science models work and uh, how to measure the success of a machine learning model actually helped me a lot. Uh, Prior to Springboard Bootcamp, I had experience of going to just like a uh, small like Python learning uh, group in Bay Area and um, I remember that like I made a commitment to attend this because I was uh, living like uh, in San Mateo and I was coming to San Francisco to do this uh, study group after work and it was basically just run by a volunteer and uh, we were all just like uh, volunteering, <laughs> volunteering like attending this study group and Uh, I put a lot of effort into it and I wanted something more structured. Uh, So with Sprintboard, um, it allowed me to just practice coding myself and kind of just deep diving it and uh, applying it like to the, uh, you know, like basically asking better questions at work and uh, asking more informed questions of my science team.
0: Certainly, certainly. And so, you know, obviously the job search, you weren't finishing the course and job hunting. Um, would you tell us a little bit about your experience switching your roles at Amazon internally?
1: Um, yeah, so I started uh, in finance uh, that was supporting uh, supply chain optimization technologies team. So, uh, you know, there was some level of technical knowledge required because the team was building machine learning algorithms for supply chain and uh, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, advanced sciences used uh, for supply chain optimization. Uh, and then from there, eventually uh, my, you know, upgraded uh, technical skills allowed me to switch to a product manager role first within the same, um, you know, supply chain finance team. And then, you uh, I continued my journey as a product manager and i was uh, also working for supply chain of aws um, infrastructure finance Uh, and currently i'm uh, on the uh, team that creates ml pricing algorithms for amazon Uh, so and um, you know when i said that like i'm a, a continuous learner what i meant is that i didn't stop with the springboard knowledge I also researched internally and um, Amazon has a lot of resources, like for example, we have machine learning university where you could, could take like three day a three-day course or like a two-weeks course and some of it is available, um, you know, remote uh, as like basically you can study at your own time so you don't have to like block your uh, time during the day uh, or like sacrifice work and uh, so, yeah, so I think I just uh, built on my springboard knowledge and continued to learn. And um, yeah, I was just like basically browsing through what's available for learnings at Amazon and picking up what I liked and what was interesting to me.
0: I see. Interesting. So, um, you know, I'm sure a lot of people like Amazon being a fan company, like, and while you didn't necessarily apply for a tech job initially, would you be able to share a little bit of what that interview process was like? Because I'm sure Amazon's the top company for a lot of people.
1: Yeah. So, um, so Amazon usually interviews on soft skills and technical skills uh, for all the jobs. Um, and uh, for soft skills, um, they ask questions around Amazon leadership principles. It's widely available online, so you can you know, Google it and find information down to like specific example of questions that they ask. Um, And then there will be a technical interview and depending on the role, uh, it will be different. But I think even if you're applying for a non-tech position at Amazon, I would advise to have the basic understanding of how to manipulate data and maybe just basic knowledge of SQL because you can get asked even if it's not, um, you know, originally planned, like there could be a question, um, you know, how to massage data and uh, use SQL. So like I want the listeners to be ready for it. Uh, I switched to product management role internally. So my experience was that uh, the technical interview was around the system design of the products that I supported as well as um, data science models that I worked with and Just, you know, basically probing questions around uh, like details uh, and like basically to make sure that I I know what I'm talking about and I have the understanding uh, of science and ML.
0: Interesting. So I realize you, you know, Amazon is a high bar. I was talking to a software engineer who works at Google and she was saying that I forget if it was her product or project manager they require them to know how to code. Is there anything that's sort of you know specific to that at Amazon where you're expected to know a bit more of a skill set that wouldn't necessarily be considered part of a role like that?
1: Yeah so um, according to product management guidelines within Amazon uh, a product manager is not required to like code in Python themselves. Uh, you would be expected to know SQL uh, quite advanced. And uh, as for coding, um, I think sometimes it just helps. And I've seen uh, like product managers um, can do very different job depending on the team. And uh, it really helps if you can code yourself or if you can read other people's code. Um, but that's not a requirement of getting a job.
0: Certainly. And I know you haven't had jobs at every single company, but do you think that's something sort of specific to Amazon in product management? Or is that something that product managers typically should know across the industry?
1: I will be honest, I don't know. That's why I'm, um, you know, trying not to forget Python and uh, still code every now and then
0: fair enough i i was just very curious about that i when i had talked to my friend at google who said that i thought wow like that's a really intense high bar for a product manager so i wondered you know if that was the case elsewhere but um, you know if anyone's listening like i I'm, I'm happy to hear what is really required but moving on so it's interesting how, you know, a lot of people we've talked to on the podcast have gone strictly into the roles of their bootcamp course, but you've gone into product management. So um, I'd like to understand a little bit more about what drew you to that specific role instead of maybe doing a direct data science job.
1: Yeah, so I think uh, throughout the screenboard course, uh I realized that I like data science and, um, you know, I like building the model, uh, but I actually like more to, like, productionalize the insights. And uh, as a part of my springboard course, uh, my mentor actually offered me to uh, include additional steps where we create uh, a simple website for my first uh, capstone project and, uh it was like extra work and I just decided to take it on because I was bored in COVID. And then we built this website using uh Python anywhere, which is like, a, you know, it's like a open source platform um, where you could uh, build your website and I really enjoyed it. So, and I realized that uh, like for me, uh, I like when all the pieces come together. So it's not just doing the science, right. But also like, uh, you know, um, doing the engineering right and making sure that we are doing it in a timely manner and um, delight our customers.
0: Certainly. Yeah. it's definitely a different perspective. Um, seeing things from the top instead of just like focusing on one specific niche area. So I'd love to, I think product manager that to me, maybe I'm wrong, but it, seems like it encompasses a lot and i'd kind of love to understand your definition of what a product manager does
1: um yeah so i think it's a very uh, broad role and uh i think that um in general a product manager connects uh the customer needs uh, and makes sure that uh uh that the software product that um we are building is, you know, the right product for the customer.
0: I see. Okay. And then, um, you know, what kind of, you know, if someone were coming out of a boot camp, you know, what kind of skills do you think it takes to be a product manager in the sense of, you know, I just finished my data science program. I'm interested in not doing the science. I kind of want to do what Anna's done. What do you think it takes it overall?
1: Yeah. So, um, I think you probably would need to consider a more junior roles than if you were considering a data science career track. And then you need to show that you really worked on uh, a project from start to finish. So, for example, if you created a data science model in your course, um, you you need to also show documentation about... Um, you know, like uh, what were the customer needs for this uh, model? Like what problem, what customer problem did it solve? And um, yeah, and maybe if you worked on the website or um, yeah, or if you participated in some hackathons or, you know, data challenges and you actually built something from start to finish, I think that would be also a good experience uh, for applying for product manager because most of the questions would be, not to you know in detail describe the works and like um you know the guts of the science model but it will be more about um how did you actually like decide that this is the pro the big problems that you need to solve uh uh you know like uh, like what was the analysis before you started to solve the problem and then afterwards like how do you actually make sure that This model is successfully addressing the problem and, like, uh, maybe even like connection to the customers. Are they satisfied with the solution? And maybe like thinking about like what would be the next uh, model that you will build or how you would improve on it. So you kind of need to think broader and think how that data science model applies in real life to your customer problems. And yeah, it's like, I think you will probably need to step down to a more junior role, but then you could also gain the experience through volunteering. Uh, A lot of people in COVID were doing projects uh, with COVID data, you know, just to bring some goodness to the world. And uh, I actually know for a fact that even internally at Amazon, like that experience like mattered and people were considered for product manager jobs uh, by doing these like volunteering projects and creating some products um, yeah so so scenes like that would help
0: oh that's really cool so you're saying um so i guess are i'm envisioning with what you said amazon had some volunteering options for covid data and then they brought them on full-time or was it just because you know like the city or government had volunteering options and then amazon took notice
1: i think it's more like uh, there was uh... A problem at uh, Amazon that could be solved with data, and one Amazonian just took the lead, and you know they basically like worked on it on their spare time and created something.
0: Oh, interesting! That's that's fantastic, and I love how like certain. I mean, obviously, I didn't love that COVID happened. I don't think anyone did, but you know, it's great that that did provide some opportunity for others. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about your day in and day out at Amazon. Like I know in our pre-interview, we talked a little bit about the company culture, but also I'd love to hear about the types of projects you're working on, what you're allowed to share.
1: Yeah. So um, usually I I talk a lot throughout my day and currently I'm working on two projects. One of them is about, um, you know, just a better estimate for the long-term value of pricing decisions. Um, So this project... It's more like long-term and, um, you know, it's more like strategy alignment and uh, educating uh, all of the stakeholders about the project. Uh, And then I also have um, another project where I'm extending the current version of machine learning pricing model to 10 marketplaces, uh, sorry, 10 countries across um, Amazon, Amazon. so for that project, I have a lot of meetings and a lot of Slack communications, and uh, uh, it's really cool, and I really like the opportunity to work on talking to Amazonians in different uh, countries. Um, yeah, so, but there's also a lot of, uh, you know, conversations with uh, scientists and uh, engineering for this project. So, so yeah, and, uh, you know, a lot of it is, like, um, coordinating and also just a lot of meetings and talking with uh, customers or stakeholders Uh, and with pricing it's like two-tiered approach because we have um, internal stakeholders who you could also call customers you know because uh, they are impacted by our pricing uh, machine learning algorithms and then you have uh, amazon customers who see the price uh, on amazon website Uh, and i cannot uh, in my current role i cannot directly talk to the amazon Uh, customers from the website to, you know, capture if they like the price or not, but I have some other ways to, you know, um, look at that. Um, And yeah, and I can talk to my internal stakeholders and uh, also just uh, gather all this information to make sure that we are making the right decisions on the product.
0: Certainly. Yeah, that's so fascinating. I mean, I think everyone can relate to going on amazon.com and looking at all the different pricing. I'd love to know a little bit more about the company culture at Amazon. Like if someone's really interested in working there, what are you expected to bring to the table?
1: Um, I think Amazon really values the leadership principles and people would even talk about performance, like in terms of the leadership principles. So, you know, whether it's bias for action or thinking big or owning the product that, um, you know, that you're developing or the work that you're doing, uh, and like be an initiative. So uh, people would actually use the leadership principle names, like when they describe performance. And uh, just because we all like talk about leadership principles so much, uh, everybody kind of understands. So I think it saves time, you know, and it's like a common language. I think also <laughs> you need to, um, you know, just uh, be self-sufficient. It's a big company. And when somebody just starts a job uh, at Amazon, You really just need to like onboard yourself uh, as much as like you will be given onboarding resources, but you need to be like initiative and like to learn new things. And there are also a lot of acronyms. And sometimes like the conversation is like a completely different language because there are so many different acronyms. And uh, yeah, some of them are really funny, actually. Like, and it's like, you know, you hear this and you're like, okay, like, why did they just say it like, and then you learned that it was an acronym?
0: I say, okay, I can completely relate. Um, there's so many acronyms at Verizon as well. And yes, it did sound like I was listening to another language. It's kind of weird now. I know what everything, well, not everything. I, I actually looked up an acronym in the glossary today. But <laughs> the common ones that we use within our team, it is, and I always am trying to be very sensitive to new people because... I don't know what Amazon's like, but it sounds like it can be intimidating and Verizon's a little intimidating because we're so complex. But yes, um, I would love if um, one day to like compare your acronyms with my acronyms. To see if they match. And actually
1: to add on that, it depends like it's team specific. So if you switch teams, like you will get a new set of acronyms. Uh, And we have internal wikis, so it's not just you have to, like, you know, write them down at home and, like, memorize. Like, we have internal resources to reference, but you kind of need to, like, save the link to that page where all the acronyms are (laughs) and things like that. Uh, And also, like, in terms of intimidating, I think everybody has an imposter syndrome when they join Amazon. I had it. And uh, but I think I'm just, like, stubborn sometimes. And if I don't understand, I would ask a question again. And that helped me, you know, like, and um, it it also helped me formulate my questions better. And then as per acronyms, uh, I think somebody like told me early on that like, even people in the room don't know all the acronyms. So it's like, it's okay if you don't know some of them.
0: Certainly. Well, that's good to know that there's a little bit of empathy there. Like, you know, all the acronyms, if you don't know it, you're not going to get in trouble so every team has different ones so does that mean you might have one acronym for i don't know subject a but then subject a and another team will have a totally different acronym
1: absolutely yeah (laughs) that's why when you learn the first time like and then you hear it and you're like okay like (laughs) it's it's like so yeah but um yeah like usually they uh, are documented on the internal wikis so uh it's just like you know like it's kind of like a language learning. You just need to like remember that now this scene is used for a different
0: <laughs> term. Certainly. Oh, man, that sounds like a good internal project is to streamline all the acronyms. But something tells me that wouldn't go over very well. People can get, be pretty set in their ways.
1: I mean, we just have so many diverse businesses at Amazon, like, you know, Satellite, Skyper, and like AWS. And detailed pricing, and I don't think they could... I mean, obviously, there are, like, some shared acronyms, um, but they would also have, like, the specific ones, and I think it goes just beyond the acronyms, because also, there are code names for products and projects, and um, I think historically, they had a lot of acronyms after... Um, uh, yeah, like, after sci-fi movies, you know, and, like, all of the culture, and, uh, yeah, like, Star Wars acronyms, so... Like it's funny how sometimes you try to come up with a new product name or acronym uh, and you're trying to make it more like Star Wars-y and then you like look at them internally because they're already 10 of the same ones.
0: <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, that Now that I'm thinking about this, what a unique interview question to ask your interviewer. Like how is it learning your acronyms at this company? What's that like? Like I think that <laughs> if a boot camper were to ask that... That would be a little special. What do you think?
1: I mean, to be honest, um, I don't think it will fly with Amazon because it's like, okay, okay. you don't have to learn these acronyms anyways. <laughs> or like, you you just need to show that like you're open to learning, you know, and like, you, you will be able, like you, basically, it's not about like knowing all the acronyms or like, but I don't think they would appreciate if you have a concern of how many acronyms they have because they do have a lot. So, oh, oh. so it's like... <laughs>
0: Oh, yes. No, no, no. I agree with you. Don't show concern. But it would be an interesting, like, fun question. Yeah. But anyways, okay, let's move on from acronyms. So I would love to hear a little bit more about um, kind of where you see yourself going in this profession. um, Considering like you you sort of used springboard to supplement your knowledge. Um, What's next for you?
1: Um, yeah, so I think just because product management is such a broad role, I will continue uh, honing my skills for product management. And there are a lot of, you know, uh, different areas. Like, for example, we could be learning how to launch uh, products um, externally and create uh, like go to market plans for something like uh, Alexa or a new AWS service which maybe I'm less exposed um, on a pricing algorithms team. Uh, Yeah, the other option is uh, truly deep dive, uh, you know, existing um, teams. uh, uh, And I'm actually quite new on the team, so I still have a lot of work here. And, uh, you know, just to understand how improve current machine learning models to uh, make them predict prices better and uh, deliver better pr- customer experience ultimately because we believe that you know if we improve if you make the right decisions on prices ultimately it will improve price perception and customer experience
0: certainly no it sounds like you're incredibly passionate about your job and i'd love to know like what your favorite thing about working in your role is
1: i mean i just like the impact of um, the impact that i'm making you know being in a global company uh and um working on something that pretty much everybody who used Amazon can relate. I guess that's, uh, yeah, that's encouraging.
0: Absolutely. And um, I'd love to know, like, you know, with your wealth of experience, like, is there anything that you'd love to share that I didn't ask about that you think is, that you're really excited to talk about? Um,
1: Yeah, so, I mean... What's really interesting to me right now is how AI is developing and all the trends in AI. And I know that it's a big topic for Springboard right now. And, uh, I think you kind of need to just like step out because like there are a lot of intermittent trends and AI is obviously a big trend, but, um, it's almost like you need to judge for yourself if, you know, like, for example, if you're going for a data science, um, you know, job hunt or like a product manager in tech uh, job hunt? Do you want to deep dive on AI because this is a new and trendy topic? Or do you think that this is just like a buzz and in a few years it will like subside and, um, you know, like you don't need to be an expert on this. So I think just like, kind of just, you know, reading about the trends and understanding what are the trends and data science and uh, product management it can help when you're applying for jobs, because maybe you want to learn a little bit more about some specific area, and maybe you will like learn a skills that will help you in multiple roles. So it's like, I guess AI is actually one of the examples, right? Because it will apply to many companies that are trying to do something with AI, so Uh, learning about it is important but also it's like would you really double down on it or like would you step uh, outside and say hey like okay now I know a little bit about AI but I also know about um, other fields of data science Um, yeah like anomaly detection, clustering, uh, all the other fun stuff like computer vision. so it's like it depends and also just you know think about what you like to work on and um, you know, let your passion lead you to your perfect job.
0: Yes. No, I think that's an amazing insight. And I think there is so much mystery around AI right now. It's, it is trendy. And I, I think it would be a whole other episode to discuss like where that's going. Cause I certainly have some opinions on that for the UX field. Um, but I really loved how you said, you know, follow what you care about, because I think at the end of the day, if you're doing what you love, then you know, there's, there's no wrong in that. If AI, yeah, if AI is not really your thing, see what other paths are out there. Well, Anna, thank you so much for your time and sharing your story. Um, if anyone has any questions for Anna or myself, you are welcome to email me at alumni podcast at springboard.com. Um, we're going to be doing a special episode later in the season where we answer any questions you have for all of our guests. So, um, again, Anna, thank you so much for your time and until the next episode.